and joining me today on the podcast is none other than Brett. Now, I just want to give my listeners a little bit of a backstory before we get into the question. So you used to you train around in the same gym I'm a coach at right now, the UFC gym. And when you'd walk around, you'd walk around in really nice suits, you'd drive a really nice car. And I was always thinking to myself, like, what does that guy do for a living? Like, I, I never really had uh, courage to ask you. And then that one night at the, uh, the boxing, Dragonfire Boxing, where Jackson was uh, headlining, I saw you on stage and I had like a light bulb that just went off in my head. I said, oh, so that's what he does for a living. Yeah. Anyway, how you doing, Brett? Yeah, not quite. Good thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, not quite. My, my living has basically been in the media and radio. Um, back back in the day, I started at uh, 96FM with Triple M um, and then 6PR. So I was 6PR and 96FM for a number of years. And now I'm at Forever Classic 6IX. So I'm broadcasting you right now from the boardroom here at Forever Classic 6IX. And uh, all the stuff that you see me do in the ring, it's probably more of an additional thing, more of an interest more than anything. I love doing it, but I uh, love being involved in combat sports. Wow. So let's like rewind the clocks a little bit, man, because you've got a very extensive background working in media and radio. Like, how did you get involved in this? Well, years ago, I mean, all I, all I ever really wanted to do was play AFL football. And I was pretty good at it, even though <laughs> if I do say, say, say so myself. But uh, injury sort of stopped me. And then, uh, and then I always had a good personality. That's what everyone tells me anyway. anyway. And uh, what happened is that I knew someone that knew someone that worked at uh, 96FM. It was called Triple M back then. And they said, you'd be great for radio. And I went, all right. And, uh, and so they, they called me in for a for sort of meeting. I didn't even know it was an interview at the time. And they, uh, they, they liked me. And then it sort of took off from there. Um, and, and it sort of grew the experience back from, that was in 97, 1997 back then. So that's how I got into radio. And I've been in radio ever since. Wow. So you've been, in, so you've been working in radio for, what, nearly 20 years? That's 23 years, yeah. 23 years. Damn. Wow. That's I mean, almost 24 now, so yeah. Wow. Really nice. So 20, 20, almost 24 years in radio. That's insane. So before we get back into radio, I was actually wanted to ask you about your background in football. Like, uh, what was that like? Uh, that's That was my passion. I uh, grew up as a Richmond supporter, and I was a long-suffering Richmond supporter, but they've obviously been very happy in the last uh, three out of four years, so yeah. that made it... Uh, <laughs> One of the best uh, best moments. All I wanted was one. I ended up getting three. So uh, so I've been very happy with that. But playing career, uh, basically, I was very quick. Always a very quick runner. I've never come up across uh, against an opponent that was actually quicker than me. So that's probably uh, what I can sort of take away from the game. But uh, um, played mainly at Thornley. Uh, played a Premiership there in '95, and uh, played for Swan Districts in '96. Uh, and that's basically where the injury started. Took a couple of years off, and then started playing for the Mount Lawley Football Club for a bit of fun. Uh, hang around there ever since. I'm a life member of the Mount Lawley Football Club now. Uh, but yeah, the, the injuries are the one that sort of stopped me from, uh, from taking the next step. So long, long history of football. Love the game. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'm happy with what I've done though. So. so- when you were working at uh, 96 FM, like uh, what were you working when you were a host? What, what, 
what time period did you get? And so this is a two-part question. Like, what sort of, like, time period during the day were you working? And also, like, how does uh, radio today different from what radio was back then? Interesting, because I was... The perception is that everyone thinks I was actually a host, but I was always in the sales department. So advertising, all the commercials, setting up promotions was all was probably more in the background. Uh, so that was my role, and it still is my role today. That is my main my, my main role is obviously advertising and marketing. Where I got involved with the uh, the on air stuff was uh, it was basically boxing in MMA. Uh, no one was talking about that. I did get involved with uh, with press conferences back in the early 2000s. Uh, but the thing is with AFL, I know a lot about AFL, but everyone else is doing it. The, the, the niche markets is boxing and MMA. No one was really talking about that. And I always had an interest in it. And basically, they got me to talk about you know, any anything like that. Um, so, and again, when Danny Green came along as well, as had a, held a good conversation with him. Uh, and he was real as well, because when I first met him, I was talking about not just the Anthony Mundine thing, I was talking about boxing on a world scale. He knew that I knew what I was talking about. Uh, but so next time he came into the station, he basically did, didn't say something like, oh, how you going, mate? He goes, how you going, Brett? Uh, so he, he, that basically stuck with me as well. Uh, but as a, in being in radio, being in media, I just found myself being able to get involved with the things that I'm interested in. That was the key. Uh, so, and it sort of grew from there. So once I helped Danny, all of a sudden these other promoters and other uh, you know, people in the sport would contact me out of the blue. Oh, could you help me with this? And I was just happy to help. That's probably where the name Media Man came along because I was just happy to help. And it just sort of grew from there. So the network is, is, a, is very wide now. Um, it was funny, I was working at 96 of them at the time and whoever wanted to speak to Danny Green, any other radio station, any other media, they had to go through me to get it, to get it. Wow. So I had to set that up. So that, that was quite interesting as well. So, uh, yeah, but it, it sort of blew up from there. Wow. So your connection with Danny Green just sort of like uh, as a way like springboarded you into where you are today. I think so. I know yeah. I owe a lot to him because, again, I, I had an interest. I met him. I helped him with something. It was to do with the Antonio Tarver fight. Um, what happened was uh, they were going on a pre-tour around the country and they were, they were struggling to sell over East, um, you know, tickets to the luncheon, which was, a, again, I, I was really surprised about, but I don't think they were promoting it right. Um, so when it, they were actually considering, you know, cancelling the Perth League. I said, no, don't, don't cancel it. Gave him a bit of advice uh, and, and set up something through uh, 96 FM at 6PR at the time and it sold out and he never forgot that. And then that sort of like, I was next step, I was basically getting more involved in each fight that he had. Uh, and then, again, that's where obviously other promoters started uh, and you know, other disciplines, Muay Thai, boxing, MMA, started to contact me. I was helping and then you know, and sort of got involved with there. I wasn't even commentator back then. A lot of, I learned a lot of the craft listening to the guys at 6PR like Peter Blavos and, uh, and Carl Langdon. So you learn you learn from those guys. I mean, I wasn't sort of the only one that was doing it on an MMA and boxing, you know, style. I mean, the guys like Tony Tolls who are over in America right now managing the Maloney Twins who's uh, fighting on Sunday. I mean, 
they wanted me, they said, I want to give uh, the commentary a go. So I gave it a go and I thought I was good at it. That sort of took off from there. Wow. So you gave commentary a go and someone asked you, you thought it would be the best fit for you. Now, what year did you start uh, becoming a fight commentator? Probably early 2010s, you know. I can't remember exactly what fight it was, but it was, it was I know it was a world stage, and I think it was in Singapore um, with the, the uh, uh, Marina Bay Sands with the world title fight with Chris John. I believe that was the first real big one as far as commentary was, was concerned. And then uh, I've been doing the Dragonfire boxing shows ever since. I've been doing Muay Thai Grand Prix recently. Um, so, yeah, on the MMA events, there's been several MMA events in Perth. And, uh, the main one now is, is on a worldwide stage, which is obviously connected to the UFC, the UFC gym, is eternal MMA. I mean, that they, those fights are broadcast live to a worldwide audience on UFC Fight Pass. So I'm the lead commentator for when those shows uh, happen in Perth now. So it's a privilege to be part of that, such a professional organisation like that as well. There's again, Australia's elite uh, MMA promotion. So it's great to be sort of a league commentator for the first shows when it comes to those shows. I'm not going to lie. You're definitely correct about the whole idea about the whole, there's now in massive increase in like uh, popularity when it comes to MMA and boxing because I'm not bagging on any of the two, but like in terms of popularity, we're definitely steering towards the MMA scene a lot now because uh Let's think back to when we met at the boxing. If we look, I'm not going to say any names, but when we were there in the venue, obviously the venue had a quite limited capacity. And, you know, we're, sit, we're standing down on the floor and then some people get the extra money to sit upwards. And, you know, and the club itself, what the, so the venue wasn't exactly big to the venue that the MMA Eternal scene managed to get where there were so many more people sitting high up and there's all these better things for like, production value and walking out and then also that it can be watched streamed live rather than just walk into the Friday night boxing at uh, a local venue. So it's definitely increased. But one thing I wanted to sort of to ask you, man, is first of all, uh, sorry, nothing I want to tell you. So first of all, thank you for the shout out that you gave me on the Eternal Fight card. Uh, the whole world heard that. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that because um, what is it? Uh, when you told me that, I actually went home, showed a video, and then I showed my mate who ran the podcast with my whole shit. And I was like, well, i got to get this guy on because there's a thank you for, for doing that. So uh, run me through like, okay, so it's fight day, right? So you're hosting a card tonight. What are some of the preparations that you need to go through before uh, you start commentating? When for commentary, obviously it's getting to know the fighters for one, but also their background. It's like uh, what their thoughts are on their opponent, what they've been doing themselves as far as the lead up to this one, and, and what sort of potential they've got. So uh, it's, it's a lot about background, a lot about personal stuff, what they're into as well. So you got you need to have things to talk about, because if you know nothing about the guy that's about to walk into the ring, it's very hard to say anything at all. So you just try and find out as much possible, as much as possible about them. Uh, and also their, their team as well, where they've been training. I mean, that's why I asked when uh, I asked yourself and John and the guys at uh, the UFC gym, for example, a few of them leading into Eternal and other fight shows as well, whether it be boxing as well, they might be training at the UFC gym. So there's an opportunity to, again, uh, credit the UFC gym for that, where they're trained because it is an elite gym. 
but also to find out what they're doing as well. So it's it's all about the stuff that interesting things as well. I mean, we found you know found out a guy the car that you went to when uh, uh, you saw Action Jackson England fight. You know he was doing ballet in the lead up, they were dancing in the build up. So uh, it was like that was an interesting thing, and that helped with his footwork. So. Anything interesting, anything to talk about, and to keep the, the audience engaged. You just don't want to waffle on where you lose the, the audience that you're attracting as well. So, But it's also about fight night and bringing the excitement to the fight as well. You know, so you don't want to be dull and boring. Uh, you just want to you know, be different and out there and obviously bring the excitement to the, uh, to, to the ring as well. Because, again, I'm a better commentator than I'm ring announcer. Because uh, I'll do that as well. Obviously, that you've, you've seen that before as well, mainly for the Muay Thai events. I'm a better commentator. I know guys out there have got better voices than me, but that doesn't mean they do a better job. I, I've seen someone before had a fantastic voice, but this person, I won't name names, but he called the first fight exactly the same way as the main event. Wow. Right? There was no excitement there. So when it comes to the co-main event and main event, you get to the pointy end. That's what most people are there for. You know, you've got to bring the assignment. Right, this is the main event of the evening. You know, where you've got to bring the excitement and get to bring the crowd into it as well. I mean, one, one show that I did, it was only a few weeks ago, it was a, a developmental show. And Keith came up to me after, after he fought. And what I took away from the most, he goes, oh, man, you got me so pumped up for my fight. And that's what I wanted to hear. You know, that's a great thing to hear that I got him, you know, just by announcing his name and the way that I did it, got, got him pumped up for, for his own fight that he ended up winning as well. That was, uh, that was great to hear. But, uh, but as I said to you before, it's how it's delivered. So other people might have better voices, but they not, might not do a better job. So let's try and bring out the excitement, the crowd, whether it be commentating or, or doing the, the ring introductions. Um, just try and do the best I can. Awesome. So how do you get to the process of becoming better as a commentator? Do you, do you have to focus on better research or better keywords or like how's the step-by-step uh, -step process of um, uh, progression? You just get more comfortable each time that you do it. So you get more confident. Like I've done it before. So you just get keep, keep going through the processes really. So and the more research you can find, it's like, I mean, Cody Haddon, for example, you know, I called his first fight and I've called three of his fights now. And I think, I think this kid has got a massive future. But I know I've spoken to him each time that he's sent up the UFC gym, for example. So I get to know more about him. So there's more content there to talk about his previous fights, his experience, what he learned from his last loss, for example, which was a massive step up. I still think the kid's got a massive future, for example. But you sort of build on it from there. And I labelled him the future, and that, that sort of stuck around, you know, whoever you know speaks about him now. So that's something I labelled him, and that sort of stuck with the fans as well. So, uh, so it's those sort of things. You sort of, you know, if you see fighters, you know, each time, if you've got experience with them as well. But if you're seeing a, a fighter fight for the first time, and again, you start from scratch, you find out as much as you can about them. So it's all about research and being prepared, and working with the guy that you're you're commentating with as well. Wow, research, being prepared, and then just comes with, with experience. Interesting. So re referring back now to your station now that you've worked in marketing and all that, uh, personally, I just want to ask you, for someone who knows all the stuff you're about when it comes to radio, but 
what's um what are some ways in which you help grow your brand oh it's just about getting out there and really and, it, and it, as i said before it's like you know i years ago i again all i cared about was playing football so i left uh, a school at the end of year 10 and then basically uh and end up being you know getting a job at a, at a bakery you know, and then before I got into media. So all I cared about then was, and the hours worked for me because I had time to train and all that sort of stuff. So when, the reason why I bring that up is goes fast forward to today, well, even several years ago, I'm doing the same job as other people that have been in the job. When I say been, they've been in the job, but they went through the whole shebang, the whole university, whole, you know, year 12 university, all the whole thing. And they're doing the same job as me, but they're not around anymore. It all comes down to you've got to have a personality because you've got to be able to speak to people. If you have got a personality of a doorknob, you know, you're not going to get anywhere in this business. So a lot of the time it's about being able to help people, but also having the personality to sort of back it up as well. So if they like you, they want to go, want to deal with you a lot more, but also back it up with the product that you're selling as well. So uh, it's very important. Uh, sounds like what what goes around comes around really you know you do good and obviously good will come to you that's yeah well i mean that's kind of makes a lot of sense because i'll just uh say from my point of view is like whenever you're working out when you're ever in usc gym you're always saying hello you're always friendly someone you're always smiling and then whenever as well when you're at the boxing you're talking to everyone and you're shaking hands i feel like that's very very important the way that you when you're a commentator or when you're a presenter or when you're in radio, you are your brand. So the way you market yourself is the way how you market your own brand. So I feel like that's important for me also now as a personal trainer, because when it, you know, in the class in the gym, we have to do classes and the way we are to our classes is how we're supposed to promote ourselves as a, as a personal trainer, you know, with someone who's very energetic, very outgoing, you know, constantly, uh, is it encouraging to do better than that kind of is represents your brand but if you're someone who's at least not uh doing hours doesn't really seem to care or checking the phone it does show her the way you are so the way you present your, yourself reflects the way that you present your business so now that's just one thing that i personally learned um maybe we're, we're going around in circles here but i just wanted to ask you what was the biggest lesson that you've learned whilst commentating in the fight game and also what was the biggest lesson you learned in radio well it's a tough one it's been a long journey yeah but, uh, but obviously it's all about tra- staying true to yourself and trying to bring everyone to being involved in it i've got you know again there's a lot of, especially with the main rate radio stations as well and that could be tv you know a lot of the people you just don't want to be on it. You want to be part of it. That's the big difference. So you make sure you bring everyone involved. As you said before, when I gave you the shout out, when I've given the other guys the shout out, even the UFC gym as a whole, I'm bringing them part of it so they feel part of it as well. And hopefully they get a kick out of it. So, I mean, it's, it's all about, you know, again, getting involved, you know, staying positive as well. You've got to be in the right frame of mind of everything uh, and, and showing that personality off. So, yeah, there's a... You learn something new every day, you know, no matter how long you've been in a business, you know, uh, anything you try and get into, it's like you, you learn something new every day. So you just try to keep getting better each time. Uh, and, you know, and and as you said, what comes around, you know, goes around, comes around. So 
uh, stay positive and be yourself. Awesome. Lovely. So, obviously, now you've got a lot of professions. You're a very busy man and all that. You're always in here. You're always training. You've got all these events to look up to. i got to ask, man, like, what's like a uh, typical weekly schedule like for you or is it just never the same thing each week? Um, well, again, I can't, I can't be forever classic 6 AX uh, and, and, and do my role here. And whenever I find the window of opportunity, I'll obviously uh, head down to the UFC gym. Um, but yeah, obviously, and again, people, will, I got a call after doing a, a Muay Thai event um, last week. They saw me, didn't know them, but I said, oh, could you do our event as well? Yeah, happy to, what it is and if I can fit it in. So sometimes I get uh, asked to do events, whether it be commentary or, or you know, doing the ringside announce, announcing. So it's, it's whatever available as well. And, uh, and again, just try and, uh, start, try and stay busy. You don't want to be bored, that's for sure. Interesting. Very nice. Just uh, net, well, everything I would ask you is because you've had all these years and uh, over two decades worth of experience in radio, about over a decade experience in commentating. Now, it's hard for me to ask you who would be the most, but when I say influential figures who have helped you along your way, because I don't believe that anybody really is a self-made man. I believe strongly that the people around you are like your, where's it, what's the saying go, your network is your net worth. And obviously for someone such as yourself, there's many people on a daily basis and constantly working with new people. But if I ask you who would be like some of the most influential figures in your lifetime to get you, help you where you are today, who comes to mind? There's probably several. I'm probably more of a menu man. So whenever I, you know, if, if it's doing my job, if something gets put in front of me, I try and enhance it and make it better. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm more of a template person. So, for example, when it comes to a commercial, if I, um, I, I wouldn't be able to put together a creative uh, script from scratch. But if someone starts it off, I can make it better. So I can see a good script. I can hear a good commercial, for example, but I can make it better. So... It's, it's probably taking bits and pieces of people, people along the way. Like when it comes to commentary, Peter Vlahos, you know, the Carl Langmans of the world, the other guys that I've worked with in commentary. When it comes to business, I mean, there was a former general manager of mine, Declan Kelly, and there was also a former 3AW general manager, Shane Healy. Shane Healy was probably there at the start. He's one of the best presenters I've ever come across. He was uh, broadcasting with Rex Hunt for many years. He was our general manager of 6PR for, for a long time as well. Had a great voice, so I learned a lot of him along the way. But Declan Kelly also had, had a saying as well, our airtime is our currency. So, again, when I'm doing the, the commentary for, you know, again, UFC Fight Pass, for example, I know that there's a worldwide potential audience there. So you're speaking to a lot of people, but you're also having a one-on-one conversation at the same time. So you're just relaying information. So Danny Green getting involved in the uh, in the in the combat sports deeper and deeper. Again, from a, from somewhere where I was just having a chat to him about boxing, and a few years later, I'm in fighter meetings, setting up the fight camps. I'm on the I'm on the uh, in front of a, a live audience in Melbourne doing a weigh-in where it's only myself, Shane Cameron and Danny Green on the stage and he's me trying to separate them from a stair now. I mean, he, again, as, as, as I said, the journey just keeps on going along. I get more involved, you know, and if something's out there that, I, that I've got an interest in, you know, I, I know I've got the platform that can help get the word out there and I've just got myself involved along the way. So there's a number of promoters 
um, that, that I've obviously learned off. So you learn off different people in different ways, whether it be sports people, whether it be business people, creative people. But, uh, but yeah, I've sort of, sort of molded all into one. So that's probably why you could call me the template man as well, not just the media man. Interesting. Wow. So now, my, obviously, my audience would love to keep staying in touch with you as well. So like, what's the next event that you're going to be commentating at? Um, I think there's, a, there's an event called Iska Fight Night. That's in Kalamunda. I think that's on August 21. So I'll be doing the, uh, the MC gig for that. Uh, announcing the fights, but uh, I think the next commentary uh, event will be the Muay Thai Grand Prix at Curtin Stadium. So if you knew Muay Thai, that's a really great event as well. So that's coming up the next few weeks. Uh, I know that Dragonfire Boxing again. The boys are busy with. Uh, good luck to Team Maloney on the on the on Sunday when Andrew fights for a title that should already be his against Joshua Franco. And Jason, Jason fights Joshua Greer. Uh, Muhammad Ali's uh, grandson is on that card as well. His name is Nico Ali Walsh. So he's fighting for the first time. He's a middleweight. He wow. fights on uh, on Sunday on the same card. So a lot of interest behind that. But once those guys get back to Perth, I think I'll, I think October 30 or November 1, uh, around those dates, is the next Dragonfire Boxing Day, which I think Action Jackson England probably uh, on, the, on that card as well, which I'm looking forward to seeing him fight again as well. That is correct. He is fighting, I think, isn't it in October or the end of September? Yeah, probably, yeah. October, I don't have the dates yeah. in front of me, but, uh, but I know I'm locked, I'm locked in for that one because I'm very loyal to the Dragonfire Boxing because that's the same sort of guys that have dealt with Danny Green for the year, so they sort of got me to start. So, yeah, I'm always loyal to those guys. Yeah, I would definitely be there. I mean, I always love to go to those things. I mean, because... Hope I to see you dancing again, Joe. No, I don't know if I would be dancing again this time, but I just, I've, I've always gone to Jackson's fights. Uh, one thing I, uh, I really like about the guy is just, he's very, he's very humble. He goes out of his way for people. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's got a, a kid now, so now he's a hundred times more motivated and he was always motivated, but he's a hundred times more now. Uh, I've gone to pretty much almost every one of his fights since I've known him, except maybe for one. I can't remember which one it was, though, but I've definitely been for a few. But the reason why I just like to go is because of, as, a, as a fire podcast, I just want to support local talent. And I feel like per local talent needs a platform to get out there on. Um, there's a lot of podcasts out there, and I'm in a very, very competitive field. And you know, there's a lot of radio stations out there. But the thing is, I feel like if you the best way for you to build a, personally as a brand or a podcast or a radio or whatever is just get in touch with locals uh, because the, when you're out there messaging people, just say if I got someone like who's a world-class fighter, you know, someone who's like world, tech, world champion, they're probably getting asked by like a thousand podcasts like every day. Oh, can you come on? Can you come on? And then there's, so there's no reason for them to come to mind. But if I get someone who, you know, I know personally, or if I get someone who I, uh, you know, is local, it doesn't have a big following and wants a better following, then usually that's how I reach out uh, to them. Uh, anyway, that's just... You're doing it the right way because, again, viral is the word of the day. And then when, when you talk about radio, when I first started radio, the, the main, obviously, advertising points was uh, TV and newspaper. And there was also a thing called the Yellow Pages there as oh, well. Oh, yeah, I remember those what days. What this sort of format have, have done and what the internet and social media have done as well is, is change the landscape. You know, radio is no longer the second cousin to, to TV or paper. You notice that you might not remember, Joey, but uh, 
the, the paper, the West Australian, the Wednesday's paper used to be this thick and Saturday's paper, they're all thick these days. Yellow pages used to be two block, two massive phone books. It's irrelevant because people, uh, when they hear a brand name these days, they're going directly to the source. They're typing that name in Google. They're not going to the yellow pages anymore. Even online, they're, going, they're typing it in a search engine and finding you straight away. So the landscape of media has changed, obviously, since I've started and for the better as well. Uh, and, and newspapers, again, they don't hold uh, certain sort of uh, businesses to ransom anymore. I call it the rot nest effect. You know, if you go to rot nest, if you don't like the prices, they'll basically tell you to go back to the mainland. So uh, with the papers back then, they would say, well, if you don't like our prices, go somewhere else. They, they had nowhere else to go. They, they can't say that today because there's other, there's other places to go. So uh, so that's where the sort of media landscape has changed from now to then. But also what you can, what announcers can and can't say uh, on you know and treat people as well. You know you heard a lot of stories coming out over the years. Um, you got to be careful what you say these days as well. You have got to keep it level, and yeah. I totally understand that at, at uh, times. Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, you do have to be very careful what you say these days because you, nowadays there's never been a more access to people to the information to what people say. I mean, usually like, if you would go back in all those years when you know radio wasn't around or you know uh, podcasting wasn't around or social media wasn't around, everyone was just talking to each other, and that's how you have to go out your way to get information from someone by literally going directly to them and talking to them. Uh, so that, that's definitely. I mean, I do believe. Uh, social media is powerful and it's good and you know there's a lot of great can come out of it but there's some you also be vicious <laughs> exactly very vicious exactly like um that's actually the next thing I was going to deal with like uh like what is it as well as people on social media who like one one thing I tell my uh, my mate who I work with is like mate don't argue with people don't if, if someone has something negative to say on this platform you get two choices one you can take it if it's destructive. You can take it and you can use it. If not, say nothing because sometimes, sometimes I feel like someone like that is going out of their way just to like say something negative. You that they thought about it, they've written it, and they sent it. That's time wasted out of their day to say something bad about you. And mm-hmm. these days, time is so precious. It's um, you know, this yourself. Uh, and as personally myself as a personal trainer because people are paying me for my time you know and the be- sometimes the best way to respond to this kind of criticism i'm not saying this is for everything that uh, and this is my personal point of view but sometimes the best response is literally to say nothing that's such a powerful uh yeah. it is the best spot because i mean i learned my lesson because i commented on a, on a ufc fight several years ago and all of a sudden, like someone disagreed with me, but they didn't even disagree with me. They abused me for no reason. I'm thinking, what, what did I say? I didn't even say anything to warrant that response. And I've just never done it ever since because like, I didn't know that person. And, and mind you, I was right. <laughs> you know, and they were wrong. Yeah. But, that, but they didn't even state anything. They just basically used vulgar language. And I thought, I don't even know you. you know? So I just deleted it. You know, and, and I don't do it anymore. I only have conversations with, uh, with people that I know, you know, and if they want to comment on, on stuff that I've said on radio, um, that's fine. I'm happy to have a conversation and, and 
you know, I'm there to sort of state of opinion, but I won't get into conversations with people I don't know because you don't know who you're dealing with. And again, even though it's a great platform, it's also a bullying side as well. So that's sort of part of that, like as well, you know. So, but that's why you choose what to stay away from. That's correct. That's correct. Now, uh, we'll just slightly uh, head in uh, towards the end. But one thing I'd like to ask everybody who comes on the podcast is what, how do they see themselves like in the future? And that's fascinating because right now we're in um, August. So we're well over halfway through the year. We've got a four months, uh, more months of the year. Like uh, you personally, I just wanted to ask you, what are you hoping to achieve before the end of the year for yourself and your brand? And also, what are you hoping to achieve within the next three years for yourself and your brand? I've never been one to sort of like those goal setting. You know, I'm probably there just to you know not only help myself but other help other people as well. I mean, again, part of the reason why I'm going to UFC gym, seeing Kai for the guys as well. It's like I wanted to sort of do something for myself because I used to be a fit guy, you know, and I had a couple of you know horrific injuries with my right leg. I tore an Achilles about six years ago, and I broke my leg. Uh, an ankle three years ago. So that was like you know, demoralizing for me personally. So I wanted to sort of like get get back and you know, to what hopefully what I can. So I do that sort of for personal reasons and try and feel good about myself. You now there's a bit of escapism as well. So that's why I want to get the headphones in and listen to the music that I like. That's a bit of escape. It's like I'm trying and get the blinkers on and just like, because I want to be able to go to the gym. You know, uh, it's probably too embarrassed, tells too self-conscious and all that sort of stuff, whether whatever shape it makes. It's like you you and uh, Kai, for example, Kevin and the guys have helped me because I wouldn't have had a clue how to use that equipment you know, until uh, I've, he's given me a program and I basically just follow it. You know, I still do. So I sort of get in a zone and, and, and do that. So that's personally, but as far as uh, everything else, you know, I'm happy to, again, got that nickname, the media man, uh, I think Danny and the guys they named me that because I was just setting up every, everything for everybody. Um, you name it, they started to come to me. Lucas Brand is another you know, story at that time as well. But again, if I can continue helping people and, and doing the right thing and doing a good job uh, and getting the compliments afterwards, that's probably uh, and stay happy. Happiness at this stage of my life is probably more. You know, most about everything, you know. So be happy where I am at work. I'm working with some good people here. Uh, when Again, when I head down to the gym, I know, you know, a lot of the, you, you and the staff, and that they're, they're great, you know. So I'm comfortable going in there, for example, you know. So I've walked in anyone else, I probably wouldn't have been comfortable. So that's where I'm lucky. Uh, but if I can give something back, that's probably what I do. It's like if I give something back and, uh, and we're – where UFC gym, for example, the station, my clients, etc. They get something out of it. That's what makes me happy at the end of the day. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate that. I believe that also those who actually give back are always going to be rewarded for kindness. Like one thing I'm always telling everybody is do not take people's kindness for granted. And especially when it comes to, I'm not going to say when it comes to fighters, like if you take those guys for granted, they will remember you one day down the line. And then when they're, pretty big that and you ask them for something and then they'll be like oh well you know and they'll call you out and i think that's quite interesting uh mm. i do believe in forgive and forget but yes i do strongly believe in good karma if there's one god and that god is karma uh now last thing last couple of things i just want to ask you man is obviously my listeners would love to stay in touch with you so where can they find you and where can they find this in, say your social media or your station 
well, station is Forever Classic 6IX, uh, and that's easy to find. I said you've got the media icons uh, like uh, John Burgess, Burjo working here, so he's still, uh, he's 78, still going strong. Uh, but on social media, uh, never, again, never chase followers at all. It's like, but, uh, but if they do want to uh, sort of keep in touch, it's at, it's at Brett Benetti. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and the same thing with, uh, um, with Twitter. I don't, I don't use Twitter too much anymore. It's mainly Instagram. But uh, I sort of you know, go on that. Have a bit of fun as well. So that's, a, again, life is all about having fun as well. So I try, wherever I go, I'll try and make the place a little bit fun because if you just come in here doing doing the same motions uh you never get anywhere so if you see the social media you see some fun videos of me basically climbing the songs that i know and uh having a bit of fun and bringing the space to the place to life as well awesome appreciate that man now one last question i wanted to use is i always like to say to people um we always use this uh platform or as a branch for people to promote themselves i always want to use this branches people for people to extend gratitude so i wanted to say is there anyone who you'd like to finish up by thanking or give a quick shout out to before we wrap this up probably my wife katrina jane and my kids brennan and kira because they are very understanding because again i'm out all the time uh and obviously i've got obviously interest with uh, my local football club ufc gym fight nights uh you name it i always like to get involved in everything i'm also lastminute.com because what I mean by that, if someone can't go to the football, for example, that's supposed to go to football from here or an event or a movie preview, they always come to me and, uh, and 99, 99.9% of the time I say yes. So, um, so yeah, the family's very understanding. But, uh, but yeah, everyone that I've sort of been involved with along the journey as well. So I'm still connected to all, all those people and I'm always still there to help them whenever they need me. Awesome. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you very much, Brett. That was awesome. I appreciate you taking the time. And then, man, I hope to see you around soon. Okay, buddy? I'll see you back down there at the UFC gym, Joe, and probably you dancing in the next five night. Thanks for having me.